How y'all doing, living room? Good. All three of you. Uh, the rest of you. I mean, I'm like, goodness gracious. Uh, all right. Well, what's up? My name is Reed, uh, and I get to come hang out with y'all every now and then. Some of y'all have gotten to see me, or I've gotten to see you, and uh, and others of you are like, who is this guy? And uh, But hopefully you'll give me a chance. We'll have a little bit of fun tonight. We are closing out our series Big Little Lies. Sorry if it sounds like I'm losing my voice. I was just back there like, yes, Lord, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was getting it. I was going in, you know, so, uh, but yeah, so, so we're closing out our series, Big Little Lies. We've been talking about some of the lies, uh, that hold us back, that limit us, that keep us from reaching our potential or potentially limit us from seeing our future. And so, uh, we've been talking about some of these things and, and one of the lies that we're going to talk about tonight as we close out the series, um, it, it really has to do with like this word right here. I think we have it. Go, go gadget word failure. Have, have y'all ever failed at something before? Anybody? I'm like, if not, like, what's up, Jesus? I'm glad you're here. Like, you should preach next week. Tell them that. Get a job. So, um, so, so tonight we're talking about failure, and I, I just wanted to open up with the question, have you ever failed at something before? Like, and I was thinking about this. I'm like, yo, I've failed at all different kinds of things, y'all. Like, I've failed at all different kinds of things. Um, and, but I was thinking about my most, to me, one of my most embarrassing failures that I feel like I can share on stage. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's some other ones where I'm like, let's go get coffee. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but like, like my most embarrassing failure that I feel like I could share on stage, it happened to me when I was in college and it had to do with like, um, me feeling completely incompetent. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so let me just tell you what happened when I was in college. Uh, I went to the University of Georgia, and um, while I was at the University of Georgia, um, me and my friends uh, that, that like lived in my house. I had like this house, and like there's a bunch of us that lived together, and um, and and we made this like like deal that we were going to go see as many college football games like at other people's like campuses and schools and places like that because we want to see all the different stadiums, right? So we're like, yo, we're going to go do this. We're going to do road trips. Like, what's up, bro? You know what I mean? Like, so we're going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's like a total like white dude thing. Like, hey, yeah. And so like, and so, <laughs> look, I realize what I am. So like, and so... And so we're like, yo, we're going to do this. We're going to go like to, to all these different football like stadiums. It's going to be so fun. And, uh, and, and so we, we made our way around and it came to be this one game in particular um, where Georgia was playing against LSU. And I was like, yo, I want to go. I want to see a game in Death Valley. And it just so happened that I knew this girl that went to LSU and she was playing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she was like, yes, thank you, Lord, for her. You know what I'm saying? Like, she was like, you know, like, she was, and, and I was like, yo, I'm going to go see the game. I'm going to be like, what's up? You know, like, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to see this girl. It's going to be so fun, right? And so I got, like, one of my best friends, like, at the time, I was like, yo, Marcus, like, will you go with me? And so me and Marcus, like, we jumped into, now, my mom's suburban and the reason why we did my mom's suburban because my car at the time was like it was terrible you know what I'm saying like I was trying to think of like a word that didn't involve like it was crappy it was just terrible you know what I'm saying like and so my car would not have made it so I was like mom can I borrow your suburban she was like yeah you can have it and it's like the blacked out suburban I'm like, mm, you know what I mean like um but it's a mom mobile but you know what I'm saying like but I felt cool and so like me and my friend Marcus we get in the suburban we're doing the road trip we're making our way and so we, you know you get through like a few states and then all of a sudden we get like 15 miles from the exit you know what I mean like in the little GPS is like you know 15 miles and you're like okay cool like and so we're, we're close and all of a sudden like as we're getting there like all of a sudden I, like my steering wheel starts doing this 
and y'all, I'm not a car person. Like, I'm not like, I'm not a car person. So I'm not like one of those people that's like, you know, like whose dad was like, well, I'm just go out there back and change the carburetor. Which you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not one of those people. We weren't handy people. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not mechanics. If that's you, do you, boo-boo. But that's not me. And so I'm like, that's not, that's not my thing, right? So I'm like, I'm not a car person. But what I do know is that when your steering wheel is doing this, and you're like, well, something's not right. You know? Like, and so I'm like kind of, I'm like worried. I'm like, Marcus, like, roll down the window and look like did we hit like a turtle that like hung on you know like, ah, you know like I was like why is my car like doing this and it was like feeling like it was pulling and I was like what is going on and as he rolls down the window to look out to see all of a sudden we hear a and we're like oh no boom front front right of the car drops and it sends me over two lanes of traffic past the little like don't text and drive you know what I'm saying like past that thing and into the dirt Right? And, and we're like, like, you know, you have that moment where it's like near death experience and you're like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, and you go, and then you get there and you like realize that you're alive and that you're not in heaven. And you're like sitting there and you have that moment where you're like, you, you know what I'm talking about. Neither of you want to say anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just heard me scream. I heard you scream. You said something that, I'll, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so you're both like, oh. And then, though, you realize, like, we're alive. And so then you have, like, that moment where you're like, yes. I'm like, yes. Well, we made it. And then, like, he's, like, making, pro- my friend Marcus is, like, making promises to God. You know what I'm saying? Lord, I'm going to be back at church. I'm going to read my Bible. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so we're, like, there on the side of the road and we're like dang that was crazy right and and so we get out of the car to see what just happened and this tire has just exploded and it's sitting on the rim and it's on the side of the road and it's kind of like drizzling raining and it's just like sunken in and we're like oh no and I told y'all I'm not a car person so I was like 20 years old and I'm looking at this and I'm thinking no I'm 20 and I have never changed the tire. You know what I'm saying? Like, and some of y'all are judging me, and I'm like, I'm totally fine with it. Like, I've moved on past this. I'm married up, and we've made two babies, so I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm all right, but I'm just saying, in that moment, I'm like looking, and I'm like, I have no idea how to change this tire. I'm like, I should know how to do this. But then I go, okay, Marcus probably knows how to change the tire. So I'm like, yo, Marcus, do you know how to change, like, you know how to change a tire, right? And he's like, no. And I'm like, wait, you don't know how to change a tire? He's like, no, I thought you knew how to change a tire. And I was like, dang it, you know what I mean? So now we're both sitting there like, okay, well, we're smart people. We can figure this out. And plus, we're men, you know what I mean? And so we go in, and you find the, like, the little owner's manual, and you throw that out because you're like, I'm a man. I don't need directions. I've built furniture from Ikea, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what so. I'm like, yo, like, I can do this. I'm going to figure this out. And so, you know, we end up, like, we find, like, all the little tools and all the little parts and the jack, and you, like, slide the jack. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm even putting it in the right place, but it is in a vicinity. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I was just like, you know, like, and then you put the little tool thing together, and we're like, all right, let's do it. And so I'm down there, like, and Marcus is watching me, and he's, like, there for moral support, like, you can do it, you know? And I'm like, like, just doing this thing, you know, and y'all, I felt like I was, I felt like I was doing this for forever, I was like, my arms are tired, I was like, what is happening, I'm like, this car has not moved an inch, and, and Marcus is like, are you even doing anything, and I was like, you shut up, this is your fault, you get down here, you know what I'm saying, like, so then he gets down there, and he looks, and he goes, oh, he was like, bro, I see the problem, and I'm like, what, 
And he was like, well, the jack is like doing its thing where it's like, you know, like he's like, it's doing its thing. But instead of going up, it's like wet. He's like, it's just sinking into the mud. I look down there. The jack has sunk like four inches into the ground. Like it's just like, and I'm just, and so we're like, how are we going to get this car, right? Like, I'm like, I don't know. So then I'm like, we got to dig this thing out. So I'm like, Marcus, get down here. You know, we're just in there, like just a couple of badgers, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and we're digging, trying to get this thing out. It's not working. Like, it's got the weight of a Suburban on it. And so then I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? And I'm like frustrated. And it's now, it's like raining on me. It's like God's just like, <laughs> you know, like, and so you're like, oh, he doesn't do that. That's bad theology. But so like. What if he did, though? Just, no, he doesn't. That's not what he does. So, but that's how it felt in the moment. You're up there. You're just like, oh, right? Like, and, and, and then Marcus has this idea where he's like, hey, man, what if we just lift the Suburban? And I'm like, bro, this is not like a... This is not a fiat. I'm like, like, I'm like, what are you talking about, bro? Like, like lift the suburban. I was like, oh my gosh, but we're desperate. So you're like, all right, you know, you can do it. Put your back into it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm like, okay. So literally you're like, you're like, you know what I mean? Like, and right at the point where I thought either my spine was going to explode or I was going to dump my pants. I was just like, all right. This car, this thing's not going anywhere. And now I'm just like, I'm like, we got nothing. We can't do anything. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. And at that point, I took my man card out, ripped it on up. You know what I'm saying? Like, dust in the wind. And I did what any self-respecting man would do. I called a woman. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know. Some of y'all said, mm-hmm, you better preach. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's right. I called a woman, right? Some of the women are like, you better not call me if you get a flat tire. <laughs> I don't know what to do either, right? Like, so it's like, okay, like, but I called my mom, right? I called my mom and I was like, mom, and like, fellas, y'all know this like feeling and maybe some of the ladies, like, where you're like, you're crying, but you're not crying. You're not like, you're not like sad. You know what I'm saying? You're not like, Ugh. like, you're so mad. They, it's like rage tears, you know what I'm saying? Like you got the, and so my mom's like, my mom like answers, she's like, baby, like what's the matter? And I'm like, just, just, oh. you know, like you can't, and you go, I just want the tire to go on the car. You know, like you're so mad, you're just, and she's like, what? You know what I mean? Like she just is like, I don't know. And so it's like that. And so finally she's like, yo, calm down, talk to me for a second. She's like, look, hey, look in the glove box. We got AAA. She's like, the AAA card's in there. This man from AAA comes out. He said, and just changes it. Like he's a NASCAR pit crew. Like I was like, all right, all right. Super embarrassed as he rolls up. You know, he's like, you guys can change this? And you're just like, all right. That was, and that is one of my most embarrassing fail moments, right? Like, now listen, here's what I, I know. Y'all can just... If, if y'all don't learn nothing else, at least we laughed, right? So, so here's the deal, though. I, I tell that story, right? That was, that's, that's a moment where I bumped into failure. Here's what I know is that every single person, maybe you've never been broke down on the side of the road in Louisiana, rage calling your mom because you couldn't change a tire and your shoes got dirty. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe that's never happened to you, but here's what I do know has happened to you. You failed before. Everybody in here, you have bumped into failure in one form or another. Maybe it was a test that you failed. Maybe it's a test. You're sitting here and you're like, I know I'm going to fail. So I came and prayed to Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so you said, oh, shoot. 
So some of y'all, you've, you've bumped into failure in school. Some of y'all, you bumped into failure and like, like it was it, like, fellas, this is, this is one, like you, you liked a girl. You thought she was liking you, and then you go, you were like, yeah, you know, I got these feelings for you, you know what I'm saying, I like you, and she's like, I like you too, as a friend, oh, and you just was like, you know, like, the friend zone just sucks you in, you failed. Some of you, it's not the relationship that you missed out on. Some of you, the failure that you've experienced was the relationship you got. Yikes. Yikes. I know. Some of y'all are clapping. Some of y'all are like, don't look at me. Because everybody told you he was no good for you. Everybody told you that he cheated on his last three girlfriends. And then you said, uh-uh, he's changed. He's different. He's not going to do that to me. He got the Bible app. Okay. Okay. And then... And then he went and did you just like he did the last three girls. And it hurt, didn't it? It hurt. Listen, some of y'all, the failure that you had, like some of y'all, the, the failure that you had is that you broke a promise that you swore. You said, you know what, like I'm, this is the kind of person I'm going to be. I promise I'm going to be there for you. And, and you failed to hold up your end of the bargain. Some of you, you set goals for yourself. And you said, you know what, this is the kind of person I want to be this next year. Or th these are some things that I would like to achieve. And you failed because you didn't hold th those things up and you didn't pursue them with the same passion and tenacity and you got lazy and you failed. Some of you, you've experienced failure in, in the form of disappointing someone that really matters to you. And they were always there for you, but then you let them down. Some of you, the person that you've failed the most is you. Some of you, you feel like, you know what? Like I had these ideals. I had these dreams. I had these goals and I have fallen flat on my face and I have failed. Listen, let me just tell you like failure, right? Failure is something that we're all going to experience, and here's what I've learned about failure. In my 33 years of life, this is what I've learned. A couple things. One, failure hurts. And it sucks. And it feels like it's, like it's discouraging. It's disheartening. It's, it's defining. Some of you, listen, some of you, when, when you failed, some of you, you don't just feel like you made a mistake. You feel like you are a mistake. Some of you in here don't just feel like you screwed up. You feel like you are a screw up. Some of you in here don't just feel like you've messed up. You feel like you're the mess up. Some of you in here, you, don't, you haven't just bumped into failure. You feel like you are a failure. Failure has this like crazy way of like sticking to you. And it hurts. Here's what else I've learned about failure in my 33 years of life. Is that not only does failure hurt, listen, it's inevitable. And I know some of y'all are like, Pastor, you better not speak that over my life. But listen, listen, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. We got to be real with each other. Listen, if, if you live long enough, you are going to bump into failure. If you are ever going to try anything, if you're ever going to take any risks, if you're ever going to be anything, if you're ever going to grow, you're going to bump into failure. You are going to bump into failure. And so the question isn't like if, it's when. It's what do you do when? Does failure have to define us? 
That's what I want to wrestle with tonight. That's the lie that your spiritual enemy, the devil, and I'm not talking about some red dude with a pitchfork. I'm talking about the fact that you have a spiritual enemy that wants you to think that when you fail, you are a failure. What he wants you to believe is that your failure has to define you. And so what do we do when we fail? Do we have to allow it to define us? If we're going to make it through this crazy thing called life and we're going to be better every year that we're on it, we've got to learn what to do with this word right here, failure. We got to learn what to do with it. And so tonight, what I wanted to do is I just wanted, I wanted to show you what I think Jesus calls us to do with failure. And to do that, what I wanted to do is I wanted to take a look at the life of, of one of maybe the most famous followers of Jesus, one of his closest friends, and also maybe one of Christianity's biggest failures. I want to take a look at the life of Peter. And, and, and if you've been around church, you've heard about Peter before. But if you haven't been around church before, you, 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 maybe you, you don't know that much about Peter, or maybe you just, like, you just know like that one story. Let me just catch you up a little bit real quick with, with Peter and who Peter is. Peter was a fisherman. He was a fisherman, and one day he's out fishing, and Jesus comes along, and Jesus is preaching a sermon, and the crowds are pressing in, and Jesus looks at Peter, and he says, yo, can I get in your boat, and I'm going to finish this sermon, and then do you want to go fishing? And Peter's like, well, I kind of already just finished fishing, but I guess, you know what I'm saying? Like, you seem like you're a pretty popular guy. You got all these people around, so I guess. And so Jesus gets in his boat, he finishes the sermon, and then while they're out there, they begin to fish, and, and Jesus says, why don't you cast your net out on the other side? So he tosses his net out, and he catches the biggest catch of fish ever. He pulls it in. It says that the nets start to break. He's, like, freaking out, as you would too, right? Like, all of a sudden, he's like, whoa, like, that was wild. And Jesus says, hey, how about this? Like, I got big plans for your life. I, want, I don't want you to just catch fish. I want you to fish for people, and I want you to change the world. And so, Peter, why don't you come follow me? And Peter says, all right, bet, I'm in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's the Greek. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Greek, fat bet. You know what I'm saying? Like, he did. <laughs> what if he did? Right, beteth, right? Like, so. <laughs> so he said, all right, I'm in. I'm going. I'll go with you, right? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm in. Like, you believe in me. Like, you, you're saying stuff about me that, like, nobody's ever spoken over me. Other people would rip me off as just a fisherman, but here's this Jesus, and he's telling me I could be something more. And so he begins to follow Jesus, and he becomes like the passionate one in the group. Like, he's like the excited one, like the, like the all-in one. Like, y'all know the person like, that like always like raises their hand with an answer. Like, you've been in a small group before, and they're like, I know. I know. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jesus, I know. You know what I mean? Like, he's that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's the one that like always wants to pray. You know what I'm saying? Like, and when they pray, like nobody else wants to pray, because you're like, oh, gosh. Like, Lord, rain down the heavens and your grace and your son. And you're like, oh, what? Like, I'm not praying. I was going to be like, thank you, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so he's that guy. He's, he's like the first one to speak up, the first one to step up. As a matter of fact, he's the first one that like when Jesus says, hey, who do people say that I am? And they're all taking guesses. Oh, maybe you're Elijah. Maybe you're John the Baptist. Maybe you're some other like, great person reincarnated. Peter goes, no, I know who you are. You're the son of God. You're not just some dude. You're not just some teacher. You're the son of God. Like, they're like, oh, like, and everybody's like, whoa, like, is that true? And Jesus is like, absolutely, that's right. Like, that's Peter. That's Peter. He's the, he's the passionate one. He's like the, the, the student that like, is like number one in the class. Like, he's that guy. And, and, and then towards the end of Jesus' life, right, Jesus begins, he has this special meal with his friends, right? He's been hanging out with Peter for a long time, and Peter's become that guy in the group. And if there was ever somebody that wasn't going to fail, it would have been Peter, right? And, and here's Peter and, and all the friends of Jesus, and they're sitting down for the special meal. And Jesus starts to tell, like, them what's going to happen. And he's sitting down at this meal, and he says, like, hey, here's the deal. One of you at this table is going to betray me. 
And everybody's like, that's a weird, you know what I mean? Like, if you're like all sitting down, you're like, so one of you is going to betray me tomorrow. And you're like, aw, right? It's not going to be me, you know what I mean? Matt Nobley, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, he's suspect, right? Like, I'm not, I was like, wait a minute, like, uh, it's not going to be me, right? And, and so everybody's like pointing fingers and looking around and, 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 and then Jesus starts to say like, hey, you know what? Like, like actually, I'm, I'm going somewhere that you can't go. Let me, let me show you how this goes. Yeah, there we go. Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, where I'm going, you can't follow now, but you'll follow later. And Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. So Jesus is kind of telling him, like, what's the next play is going to be? And, and Jesus is going, look, I'm going somewhere you can't go. He's talking about his death. Peter doesn't know. He's like, yo, let me go. And, and, and Jesus is like, I don't think you want to go there. You're going to go there eventually because mortality rate amongst human beings is 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, but he's like, yo, like, I don't think you want to go. But, but he's like, Peter, you're going to go there one day, but you can't go right now. And Peter's like, yo, I, I'm like ride or die, literally. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's like, I'm in. You know, like, and so he's like so, like, like he's so excited. Like, Jesus, I will never fail you. I'll never fail you. Look at Jesus' response. Look at this. This is what he says. Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Oh, shoot. Jesus, this is what I love about Jesus, y'all. Jesus will always keep it real with you. He will always keep it real with you. Not because he wants to frustrate you. Not because he's mad at you. But because he loves you, he will always keep it real with you. So he looks at Peter and he's like, really, Peter? Really? You're not going to fail me? You're not going to fail. Oh, you're going to get it right. You're going to be perfect. Like, like he says, he says, will you really lay down your life? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. He says, Peter, really, you're going to get it right? You're, gonna, you're the one that's going to be perfect. He's no, nah, you're going to fail me three times before tomorrow is over. He's like, you're definitely going to fail. And now listen, at first you, you hear that and you're like, yo, Jesus, why you got to do this man like that? In front of all his friends. They're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> Peter, you're the guy. You say like... Like, why do you have to do him like that? But listen, listen, the good news about this is, and this is what I love when you're reading it. Listen, like at first you think Jesus is being mean, but listen, Jesus knew Peter was going to fail before he failed and he loved him anyway. Jesus knew, he knows right here, Peter hasn't failed yet. He knows Peter's going to fail and he believes in him anyway. He knows Peter's going to fail tomorrow and he loves and believes in that man anyway. And the same thing is true for you. Because here's the reality, you guys. Here's the truth. And this is something that I wish somebody would have told me when I was younger because I avoided Jesus for a long time. Because, listen, Jesus' expectation is progress, not perfection. His expectation is progress, not perfection. If Jesus thought you could go failure free, he wouldn't have had to come and die in your place. If Jesus thought you could, listen, if he thought you could get it 100% right, then he would not have had to come and die in your place. So his expectation for you is progress, not perfection. And so he's looking at Peter and he's going, Peter, you think you're not going to fail? You think you're not going to let me down? You, are, are you serious? You're going to fail. Now, Peter, I'm sure at this point, right, because the failure hasn't happened yet, Peter's thinking, you don't even know me. You don't even know me. You know what I'm saying? Like, he gets high voice because you're mad. Hey, you don't even know me, Jesus. You know what I'm saying? Like... And you know that he thinks that because, listen, like, later on that night, Jesus, is, Jesus gets arrested, right? Like, Judas, one of his friends, actually does turn him over. And, and when the, the police of the day, right, when they come to arrest Jesus and they go to put hands on Jesus, Peter, 
has a sword. And he's like, bam, you know what I'm saying? Like, and now he was obviously not very good because he just chopped this kid's ear off. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, like, and then Jesus is all like, stop, you know, like grabs the ear. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I don't know if you've ever been a part of a miraculous healing. This was, you know, and so he's like, Peter quit it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so Peter's still thinking like, yo, I'm ride or die. Like I'm pulling swords on people. I'll chop your ear off. You know what I'm saying? Like that's where Peter's at. He's still thinking he's not going to fail. But then look, look what happens just a few chapters later. It says Jesus is arrested and it says Simon Peter and another disciple were following Jesus because this disciple was known to the high priest. He went with Jesus to the high priest's courtyard. You can keep going. But Peter had to wait outside at the door. The other disciple, who was known to the high priest, came back, spoke to the servant girl on duty there, and brought Peter in. Keep going. You aren't one of this man's disciples too, are you? She asked Peter. He he replied, I am not. It was cold, and the servants and the officials stood around the fire to keep warm, and Peter was also standing with them, warming himself. And so here's Peter. All that talk, all that bravado, all those promises... All that, like, I'll never let you down, Jesus. I'll never fail you. I promise I'm that kind of a person. This is the kind of man I want to be. And now here he is falling flat on his face. And he's failing. And he's doing the thing that he said that he wouldn't do. And he's becoming the person that he said that he wasn't going to become. And he's failing. And he's falling short. And it's not just one time. Keep going. It says, but Peter had to wait. Uh, that's the, I think that's the same one. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Meanwhile, I know. <laughs> So this is redundant. So, meanwhile, Simon Peter was standing there warming himself too, and they asked, you are one of his, uh, he, he denied it saying, I am not, keep going. I think that's the same one. There we go, here we go. One of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, challenged him. Didn't I see you with him in the garden? Again, Peter denied it. And at that moment, a rooster began to crow. So listen, like, he's been called out. He denies him once. He gets called out. He denies him twice. The third time, a relative of the person whose ear got cut off is like, I'm pretty sure you cut my cousin Bobby's ear off. <laughs> and Peter's like, mm-mm. No, that was somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was that other dude. You know, like, and, and here he is, and he denies him three times. And if you read another account of the gospel, if you read it in, like, Luke, this same instance, like, at, at the moment that the rooster crowed, like, Peter fails the third time. He remembers, oh, my gosh. And then it says in the, in the gospel of Luke, it says that, like, he actually makes eye contact with Jesus. Like, Jesus is, like, in there, and Jesus, like, I just imagine it being, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Like, that dramatic moment where he's, like, you know what you did. You know what I'm saying? Like, Uh, right? Like, ouch, right? Here's this moment, and Peter fails, and he falls flat on his face, and now all of a sudden, right, like, like he's face to face with the thing that he thought that he wouldn't run into, the thing that he thought that he shouldn't have done, and now he's face to face with his failure. He's collided with failure, and now he's got one of two options. It's the same two options that you and I got every time we bump into failure. He's got one of two options. He can give up, or he can get up. He can give up, or he can get up. He can give up and go, oh, well, I guess that kind of life wasn't for me. Oh, well, I guess I'll, I, I can't be that kind of person that Jesus thought I could be. Oh, well, I guess I'm not going to be like, like have that kind of a future. Oh, well, I guess I'm going to be just like my mom said I was going to be. Oh, I guess I'm going to be just like my dad. Oh, I guess I'm going to be just like what that teacher said about me. I guess I'm going to be just like those people, like that coach said about me. Like, oh, I guess that's what I'm going to be. So I'm going to just, I, I could give up. 
or you can get up and you can move forward and you can get yourself back up and you can learn from it and you can get yourself back up and you can grow from it. But you got one of two choices. You can give up or you can get up. Y'all know what Peter does? No, he doesn't. He gives up. Check that. You need to read your Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> man, you just got Jesus juke. Listen, that man gives up. He gives up. And you know why he gives up? Because failure hurts. And it's discouraging. And it's disappointing. And it feels defining. And in that moment, he buys into the lie that because he failed, he is a failure. And he does the same thing that you will be tempted to do when you fail. He goes right back to what he was doing before. He goes right back to his old life. He goes right back to his old decisions. He goes right back to his old friends. He goes right back to those stupid things that he was doing before. He goes right back to fishing. He goes right back to being the person that Jesus had called him. Hey, you you can be better than that. You can be more than that. But he goes right back to that. And that's what you'll be tempted to do. When you fail, when you fall short, when you bump into failure, because it hurts, because it feels like it sticks to you, you will be tempted to go right back to being the person that you told yourself you didn't want to be. Go right back to the unhealthy things that you told yourself you had no business doing. You'll be tempted to go back and just to give up. So Peter messes up and he gives up. But now thankfully that's not the end of the story because here's the deal. You might give up on you. Peter might have given up on Peter, but Jesus hadn't given up on Peter. And Jesus hadn't given up on you. And so this is, yeah, you can clap for that. Listen. The story goes on. Y'all know this. Jesus is dead, but he doesn't stay dead. Three days later, he gets up and he starts making house calls. And I want you to show, I want to show you what Jesus says to Peter. And I know I'm over time, but I got to get this. This is too good. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter. So Jesus meets Simon Peter on the beach. He's back fishing. Jesus sees him. He gives him a little hootie hoo. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then Peter's like, oh my gosh, like that's Jesus. He's on the beach. Peter jumps out of his boat, swims while his friends are in the boat. And they're like, yo, this is way faster. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so they all get to the side and they have, they have a little breakfast together. And it says, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? I almost imagine like Jesus Peter, do you love me? Are you writing? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you got to have imagination when you read the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, I know. My Jesus sounds like Drizzy Drake. So, he says this. He says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. He keeps going. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And then he says it one more time. He says a third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because he had asked him a third time, do you love me? So Peter thinks he's getting a scolding from Jesus. He thinks, oh, because I messed up three times. Jesus is like being like, do you? Do you? Do you? You know what I'm saying? Like he thinks he's getting scolded. But listen, it's not a scolding that he's getting from Jesus. He's actually getting a pep talk. He's not getting a scolding from Jesus. He's getting a pep talk. How many of you know that your heavenly father, right, is not looking at you when you fail with his arms crossed going like, really, really, really? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what he's doing. He's getting a pep talk. Y'all have a four-year-old and I have a two-year-old. And listen, when they were learning to walk, it was messy and they fell a bunch. But guess what I didn't do? I didn't watch when my son fell for the first time and go, you're no son of mine. Moore's walk. I didn't do that. You know what I did? I got down on his level and I said, you've got it. Keep going. Get up. 
let's go. And I repeated it and it wasn't a scolding, it was a pep talk because I believed in him and that's what your heavenly father thinks about you. And so here, this is what he says. He says, do you love me? And, and Peter's hurt. He says, Lord, you know all these things. You know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. Jesus is looking at Peter and he's going, get up. Don't you dare give up. I called you to feed my sheep. I called you to be a fisher of men. Now get back up. I knew you were going to fail all along. I knew you were going to fail before you do it. And I still believed in you. And I still called you. So don't you dare let your failure define you. Listen, what you need to know is that when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to Jesus, something you got to know about failure is that failure is not final. Failure is not final. Like when it comes to Jesus, failure isn't final and it does not define you. He knew you were going to fail all along. He came and died for you anyway. He knew we were going to fail and stumble our way through this life, but he believes in us and he has called us anyway. And so he looks at Peter and he looks at me and you and he says, hey, when you fail and you will fail, it's inevitable. Don't you dare give up. Get up. Keep going. And if you can learn to do that, and if you can learn that failure is not final, and you can be someone who gets up, you can get up and you can learn from your mistakes. You can get up and you can grow from your mistakes. You can get up and you can put your mistakes behind you. And all of a sudden, failure no longer becomes something that defines you. It refines you. That's what happens when you get the Jesus way of approaching failure. All of a sudden, failure becomes something that doesn't define you anymore. It refines you, and you're better because of it. You guys, you got to know this, college students. I don't want you to give up when you mess up. I want you to get up and keep going because Jesus believes in you, and he has a future for you, and he has plans for you, and they're uniquely yours, and you cannot afford to give up just because you failed and fell short. Your failure doesn't define you. It is not final, it does not define you, and it can refine you though. And you can grow from it, and you can learn from it, and you can move on from it. Your failures do not define your future. Jesus does. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for us. Let me pray for us. Jesus, forgive me for going over. Um, my failure is not final either. So thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for this group of students. I pray that we would learn to approach failure um, with your eyes and, and with your perspective. I pray that, that for us um, who have heard this message tonight, that we would realize that our failures, regardless of the size of them, little failures, big failures, that they do not define us. And I pray that when we can embrace that, that, that failure will become something that refines us, that it will become something we can learn from, that we can grow from, that we can move on from. And uh, so, yeah, Jesus, I pray that over every single student in this room. We love you. We thank you for nights like this where we can laugh, where we can learn, and we can leave here a little bit better. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. And everyone said real loud. Amen.